0: Hello and welcome back to the Archangeli podcast. I just want to thank everyone who's been listening. I've worked quite hard in this, so it's really rewarding to see everyone who's been listening. I'm doing well and it's just nice to really uplifting and really motivates me to keep on making these. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about Pope Leo the 13th his social teachings such as Reerum Navarum and we might get into a little bit of Salazar, might be talking a little bit about modern applications of the social teachings I'll be talking about. You know, um be quite a wide quite a long one I'm presuming as well. Um quite a long episode. So please do enjoy, maybe get snack, maybe get a drink or something, because it won't be too long, but a little bit. So to begin, I'm going to be talking about Pope Leo the Thirteenth. He was the Pope at the time Rerum Navarum was written, and he has a reputation of being a social reformer which is surprising, and quite interesting, because he was the son of a noble family, his dad was an Italian Count, so they were kind of the last vestiges of feudalism in Italian society. He decided to become a clergyman, and he graduated with honours, he was a brilliant student to become a priest. and. He was very very popular as the Archbishop of Perugia. He did a lot of programs for the poor and he tried to make the best of the troubling situation with the decline of the Papal States and the constant wars with nationalist movements in Italy. So he did his best for the poor, provided free education for young children and as a result he was exceedingly popular and well liked in the area. Eventually he became a cardinal and he had much influence in trying to prevent the new Italian government from taxing The papal, the remains of the papacy, of course, for the historical context, the papacy owned a large chunk of Italy all the way up until the 1860s, 1870s, where it was incorporated into Italy, which was a newly formed nation. So the Italian government didn't really like the papacy, and so they taxed the hell out of them, taxed them. And they tried and control the schools, tried and controlled basically everything traditionally the Catholic Church was in charge of. So this was in an attempt to make a more secular government and limit the influence of the church. So he managed to do quite a good job of keeping them at bay and making the church still retain some influence. And he did this by introducing a new curriculum into the schools which prevented the italian government from taking over because instead of just being about theology it was a much broader and a much broader scope so it was up to the standards of the government at the time after he became pope in 1878 he managed to bring much stability and normality Back to the church after difficult years when the papal states fell and became Italy and the loss of influence due to the nationalist movements of Germany and Italy all over Europe really, which kind of took focus away from the church and took him out of relevancy in society. Pope Leo the Intellectual and social teachings he created as a result of these, as well as his diplomatic skills, helped him and the church regain much of the prestige lost with the fall of the papal states. He tried to reconcile the church with the working class, particularly by dealing with the social changes that were sweeping Europe as a direct result of the Industrial Revolution and the formation of capitalism. It's interesting though, because although he was all trying to make amends with Italy and Germany and he succeeded for the most part, he never gave up on temporal power. In He hoped for all of the papal states to be given back to him, and at least Rome he wanted. and. This policy stayed in effect until he was replaced as Pope in 1903. I think the policy went out in 1905, but he still wanted absolute power over the land while still being a reformer, which is kind of a contradiction. The new economic order had resulted in the growth of an impoverished working class who increasingly had anti-clerical and socialist sympathies. Leo helped reverse that trend through his social doctrine and was able to claw back the church's former relevancy in society. His main avenue of doing this was through Rerum Navarum, which to this day forms the backbone of Catholic social teaching and ideology. The first draft and content of the letter was written in 1870, but bureaucracy and delays meant it wasn't released to the public until May 1891. So this kind of prolonged the suffering of the people without the church's influence to do so. I mean, it was started before Pope Leo was even elected as the Pope. So it in broad senses, it was a response to industrialization and the state and condition of the working classes, because before there wasn't really a working class it was feudalism there was peasants and there were the nobles as well as merchants and craftsmen so in a nutshell it was a response to industrialization and Aims to provide better conditions for the working classes. It condemns both unrestricted laissez-faire capitalism and also socialism. It was essential for the church to regain influence among the poor and the new societal roles created by the industrial revolution and capitalism. Pope Leo argued that both capitalism and communism are flawed. Rerum novarum introduced the idea of subsidiarity, which is a principle that basically political and social decisions should be taken at a local level if possible, rather than a central authority such as a government or a king or anything like that. So. An example of where this is, is like, instead of in the U.S. government, the federal government has comparatively comparatively little power compared to the states. The states make most of the rules and the federal government just does a little bit and collects taxes. Um, So, and stuff like local councils, things like that, really are kind of inspired by this Principle. I'm sure the local councils existed before, but they were very well supported and backed up. Um, so this idea of subsidiarity, so rather than a central authority, small groups, was really taken into Catholic social thought. And you can also see that in the second Vatican Council in the 1960s where the church, while the Pope still has power, the church is free in each country to decide what language the sermons are in and how the sermons are done. And they have much more power over how things are done in a local like country level. So... I've kind of waffled for quite a while so i'm just going to get on into the main principles of so it's basically guidelines to maintain the respect and inherent dignity of the person in the workplace so it says one should be given time off of work to worship god you can see it's very christian based and have time to fulfill family obligations so like you know, you should be able to pick your kids up from school, spend time with them every now and again, you know. Good good deal. Um, period of rest and not expected to work long hours that prevent adequate sleep. One should not be required to work in unsafe conditions where he's in danger of bodily harm. I'm sure if you want to, you could and you'd be adequately compensated for it. But they talked a lot about minds. Um, like gold, metal, quarries, stuff like that, because they were very fatal, um, high chance of injury back in those days before safety equipment. Um, One should not be forced to work in immoral conditions that endanger his soul. Now, notice how it says not be forced, because God gave us free will, and if if someone is morally degenerate enough to want to work in conditions, for example, immoral conditions for example a sex work you could say is very you could say it's immoral I'm not gonna go into my thoughts on the matter but you could say it is it should not be forced so no one should be forced into sex slavery, sex trafficking it's very condemning of that and no one should be pimped out but if they want to I guess they can because there's free will and they'll be eternally damned in hell according to what the Pope says that's not my views um, And then finally, an employer should pay a fair wage and an employer should give a full day's work for a full day's pay. So you shouldn't be holding wages. If someone does the work, you should pay them for it and it should be fair. People should be able to live. So this kind of supports the idea of a minimum wage, which is enough to get by on. It's difficult though because like let's say i work part-time at sainsbury's i should not be or part-time at a supermarket i should not be paid enough to live on because it's a part-time job and it's not really fair i'm a dependent so like i i'm a kid I, <laughs> so like what, what can you do but i think if someone's working full-time they should get enough to you know live I don't know, Um, but you have to be very mindful of how that comes about. So, this forms the backbone of Catholic social teaching and the ideology of modern times. His criticism of communism or socialism continues when he says that it seeks to replace the rights and duties of parents, families and smaller communities with uh, a right system supervised by the state, and a very centralised state at that. So the civil government should not have the right to intrude into and exercise control of the family, which is a basic building block of society in his beliefs. In Rerum Novarum, Pope Leo strongly advocated for the common good of man. So, without recommending any one form of government over any others, he put forth some principles for the appropriate role of the state in a good government. So, he believes the primary purpose of a state is to provide for the common good of man. All people have equal dignity regardless of social class and so a good government should protect the rights and needs for all of its members both the rich and the poor he pointed out that all members of a society contribute in some way to it so everyone's contribution is important contributes to the common good that is and he condemns socialism because he points out that no one should be forced to share his goods. However, when one thing is, when one is blessed with material wealth, one should use this to benefit as many people as others. So, you should have the free will to make the right, the right and moral kind of Christian choice, regardless will, will regardless, moral choice. He emphasized the dignity of the poor when he said, "As for those who possess not the gifts of fortune, they are taught by the church that in God's sight poverty is no disgrace, and there is nothing to be ashamed of in earning their bread by labour. So he's basically saying it's all right to be poor, you shouldn't be ashamed, and it's fine to work for money like you shouldn't have to rely on the state and he also says, the richer classes have many ways of shielding themselves and stand less in need of help from the state, whereas the poor have no resources of their own and must depend upon the assistance of the state. So he's basically saying the poor need the state for help, whereas the rich don't. So preferential option for the poor, you help the poor first because they're the ones who need the help more. The final main point talked about in Rerum Novarum is freedom of association. So he defended private society, which are different smaller groups in a larger society. So clubs, religion, i.e. the church and even political things such as trade unions. He defended on the principle that people should have the right to freely associate with whatever they wanted regardless of his own view on trade unions. So now I'm going to talk about what influences Rerum Novarum and Pope Leo XIII's social teachings have had on modern society. So the first one is it's kind of inspired or at least strengthened benefit states, for example. The UK didn't have a benefits system until the early 20th century. And when this document was published in 1891, it really did help hasten the formation of these states. So it really did benefit the lives of the poor. Another one is Salazar. He's controversial. Many people say, oh, he's a fascist, which I don't believe. And maybe I'll talk about that in another podcast. But regardless, he established his Estado Nova, which is a corporatist state. And in it, he strongly adhered to social justice. And this was very strongly based on Rio Novarum. He used the policies to make life better for the poor of Portugal. And he was able to use this preferential option to transform it from one of, if not the poorest country in Europe, to a prosperous state by 1970. So in just 60 years, he was able to eliminate illiteracy by prioritizing government or state help to the poor in schools and he gave voting rights to the poor. So I'm definitely going to consider making an episode about Salazar because I think he's probably one of the most misunderstood figures of the 20th century and he's a very interesting figure. Now, there is questions being asked of Rira and and if it's still holds up in a modern, globalised society. For example, right now, although we do claim to be progressive and uphold the rights of man with our benefit states and the others, we still exploit the slave labour of Uyghurs in China, indebted servitude of people in the Gulf states to construct stadiums, so I feel it's quite hypocritical. But the it is the basis of most social programmes today. So it is good. But I do feel we should hope that Pope Francis does release a bit of an update condemning exploitation of those outside of the influence of the state. For example, in the UK, we can't influence how China another state treats its workers and yet we still assist in the exploitation of that with slave labor and genocide essentially so we should definitely expand Rerum Novarum beyond just the state in the future and that's how I think it should be going forward so that's it for today it's quite a long one I'm pretty sure and I've feel like i've kind of gone in circles in a few places and i don't know yeah it's a little bit too broad of a topic for me to tackle especially with how inexperienced i am in making podcasts but i've done my best and i think it's pretty interesting and maybe it will encourage you to go ahead and research it some more by yourself because i don't know how well of a job i've done of explaining everything but i want to thank you for listening if you've made it this far and i'll see you again sometime in the near future goodbye